Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Betty Girl Band the Podcast. This podcast is supported by Tomboy X, designing underwear and swimwear to fit your body and how you see yourself. Use code Betty for 15% off at tomboyx.com. Also supported by the Apartment Lounge in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Come in and have a drink and tell them Betty sent you. And now, on to Betty Girl Band. Hi everybody, it's Amy. It's Allie. It's Elizabeth. And together, uh, we're, we're Betty. Betty. That's right. We're back. <laughs> this is the Pride Month, you guys. So oh, this is our man. big Pride issue. It's um, so exciting. It is. It's thrilling. It's, it's also, cool that we're in New York, and New York is the center of World Pride and the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. It's just there's so much going on right now, literally every day. major props well, to the people that came before us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Goodness. That goes for every movement. Speaking of movements, we're waiting for a little bit of movement from Amy's bundle of joy that's coming. That's um, right. I think Amy, Amy, Amy and Christy are having a pride baby. Yeah. A pride baby. That's so exciting. <laughs> the only thing is the pride baby was due a week ago. She's healthy. The baby girl's just waiting to, you know, come out and just taking her good sweet time. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, let's see what's happened to me. Diverticulitis. Correct. Shing- and that- shingles. Yes. Um, angina. <laughs> shingle bell, shingle bell, shingle bell. <laughs> yeah. I had to go to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack. You're not really built for stress. No. I no. never have been. Never will be. I think you be. need to go back to therapy. I think that will help I you. I mean, massive therapy. <laughs> Massive. I called her today, as a matter of fact. Well, I'm looking forward so much to, to my little niece. She'll have a lot of love, a lot and of support. And she's got a lot of aunties a and lot a lot of, of uncles, and a lot that's of important. feminism. Yeah. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. radicalism, a lot of, a lot of support and love, and that's all that really matters. And she's going to be going to concerts at a very young age, which is what I remember the first time that Ruby really understood Betty. Ruby was my we were little girl. At, Ruby is Allison's daughter, and she, I think she was three or four, and we were playing at the Spiegel Tent at Bard College. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, we were playing Linda Blair, and Ruby scuffles out onto the dance floor with two of her little three-year-old friends, and they go insane dancing. And I'll never forget the joy I had in my heart yeah. when I saw her really understand that her parents and her goddess moms were making this music, and she was loving it. I feel like Linda Blair Satan taught me not to care I think I'll do my makeup And maybe fix my hair I feel like Blair. I feel like Linda Blair. I was an evil baby until I learned to spare. And when you dump me, baby, Satan said not to care. So night and day now, baby, suffer victims beware. Do unto others, don't care. I saw that happen another time with Ruby. I think it was even, I think it um, was even before that. We were all dressed up in very glamorous gowns. Oh, it was for the gala. Oh, DC. For, and it was DC. Right. And we were doing a gala It was for the for, gay military mm-hmm. people, right? It was, it was trying to get the mili- uh, gays in the military. Right. And um, we we got up on stage and performed. And then we when we got back to our table to have the rest of our meal, Ruby was sitting a little bit straighter, a little bit taller. Her eyes were really bright and round. And then people started coming over to say things to us. And she said, she loved the acapella. It really spoke to her. It's so funny. I remember Ruby before anything else at when we were at Michigan 
on the side of the stage when Sweet Honey and the Rock played. And that's the first time. She was always a very quiet, kind of quiet kid inside. And but you were pregnant, right? When I was yeah. pregnant, she was, you know, inside me, just uh, coming along for the ride. I was eight months pregnant there at, at Michigan. And all of a sudden, when Sweet Honey started singing, she st- I have never, she started kicking like crazy. She I remember. She really got it. She really grooved to that. And you know what else Ruby did during what? Pride Months? When we would take Ruby around, and um, this is before Lake was born, when we would travel around the country doing Pride concerts, mm-hmm. whenever we were backstage in the thick of the heat, and, like a, Baltimore and Pride. a drag queen, and this was in St. Louis, I remember, their, their makeup is always flawless, you know, and Ruby just would sit there and tell every uh, drag queen how beautiful they were, and how beautiful their <laughs> costumes were, and how perfect their makeup was, and I don't think there's any kind of affirmation better than a little girl. <laughs> I think Ruby's been to more gay prides than anybody in the world. She started going with us when she was two. I think if you're going to have a kid in a band, you take them with you on the road because it's so great. Homeschooling is wonderful, but road schooling, you really get to know what's going on. And I'll never forget when Ruby was at in, in, her, in her twos class and all the kids were building things with blocks. And Ruby built her little structure with blocks and had all these little people lying down on top of the blocks. And the, the teacher said, Ruby, what did you make? She said, sound check. And she Aww. says, oh, why is everybody lying down? She says, they're very tired. <laughs> now, didn't she say everybody wants a sound check, but they always don't get one? No, I don't remember that, but I just remember her saying they're very tired. Because Aww. many times we've been in a sound check and laying down like, woo, 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 back in 1989-90 when we first moved to New York. It's always three steps or six steps or eight steps of separation. Six to degrees. Get six degrees. New York is all about the degrees. It's but I think right. it's worldwide. But well, for us true. in New York, that's how it was. Well, we came to New York because we made a boatload of money doing encyclopedia and we really wanted to be in the center of music we thought we were going to go either go to new york los angeles or london London, right and we decided to come to new york because it just made sense after encyclopedia for one thing that's true we didn't want to go so far away so we had this big deal for encyclopedia so we had to get a lawyer Mm -hmm. and our uncle lloyd a fabulous designer lloyd ziff fabulous who Yes. Did speak since it's Pride Month, who did that incredible Judy Garland cover with the rainbow just over her eyes. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Yeah, he's it was, he worked for Columbia Records doing album covers mm. and he did not only did he do that, which was the redo of you know the, the reissue of the reissue of Star is Born. Is Born. So he cover. he did the the reissue of A Star is Born, he did Shirley Bassey. I mean he's if if you're going to be gay, he got some good gay gigs. He sure Lots did. Deary, and he Betty. Took some, he took some fantastic pictures of us over he did. the years. He but did. luckily he had some information when we needed a lawyer, right? Before we actually moved to New York, we would actually stay with Uncle Lloyd and Stephen, his husband. And uh, at that point, they had a fabulous loft. Oh, right. In, in, in Hell's Kitchen. In Hell's Kitchen. Before anybody lived there. Before right? anybody lived there. Mm-hmm. They were very outré. Mm-hmm. We told him that we needed a lawyer. We needed somebody to help us because we had this television deal and we really didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So he said, that he had a friend, Sherry Rivera, who was friends with Bob Levine, who had a very prestigious law firm that was entertainment law. True. And their new person that they just hired, who was about the same age that we were, was Nancy Rose. Mm. So we went to go see Nancy Rose. And In this big office, very intimidating office. She was so smart and so pretty. Mm. Yeah. But we said we'd written a lot of children's songs. We want to retain the copyright. Did we have to have No, a, no, no. What? We didn't know anything about copyright, Amy. She was the one that put the clause in our contract that said that they would retain the copyright, which was a first for HBO. That Betty would retain. That Betty would retain our copyright. That was a first for HBO. 
Hence, we received residuals from that show for years because of Nancy Rose. Thanks to Nancy Rose. Nancy Rose. Nancy Rose. She is Strike such, Rose. <laughs> such an incredible lawyer and such an amazing friend for all these years. We did a, a concert at the bottom line because that was, that was where, sort of our go-to. That's where we started playing regularly in New York. Mm-hmm. And when we did a concert there... Bob Levine, who's married to Suzanne Levine, who actually was one of the original people that started Ms. Ms. Magazine, Magazine. Was, is very good friends with Gloria Steinem. They brought Gloria Steinem to our show. But we didn't line. know. We, we didn't just know. did our regular old show having a good old time. And mm-hmm. we have never, ever been at a loss for words. People are always running into people who are famous and whoopee dang and who really cares. We've never been at a loss for words. But at the end of our show, when the door burst open and suddenly... In the there dressing was, room. In the dressing room, when the door burst open and suddenly there was Gloria Steinem, all three of us were struck dumb. She must have thought we were the rudest people on earth because we couldn't even manage a hello. She was wearing all white. She looked... Correct. Basically, the light was beaming in behind her so I mm-hmm. thought it was an angel she looked like an angel it yeah. is an angel yeah she is an angel the anyway, original OA hi I'm Gloria Steinem and I am about to delve into my poor memory in order to figure out when I met this musical group Betty that was going to change my entire life Fortunately, it was as long ago as 1990, so my memory is better then. (laughs) Uh, What I remember first is that my friend Bob Levine, who is a friend and a very creative agent and lawyer and so on, always knows what's, what's happening, told me that there was this great group that I should definitely hear and took me to the village, so I owe a lot to him. And we sat there, me with the ginger ale, him with the scotch, And I suddenly witnessed something I'd never seen in my life before, (laughs) which was a trio of women, each of whom was a 100% unique individual, all of whom bantered and liked each other and sometimes disagreed with each other, but that was okay too, and most of all, sang together. And I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, in trios, usually two people sacrifice their identity and (laughs) one person is the star. This was so not that. Each one of them was a star. And also it was very important uh, that they were not all of the same race. (laughs) So it was even more unusual. So it was just an incredible experience, and it was like getting a first taste of a drug, because I've been their fan ever since, Uh, sitting in the audience, carrying on, even making a fool of myself every Christmas, because they invite people to speak, uh, friends, or to play, really, friends who are musicians. And since I can't play anything, I end up making a a list of of, uh, New Year's wishes I recommend that everybody on earth see Betty. And actually, one of the most important things is that these three women also tour in other countries. And I can just imagine how empowering it is, especially to little girls, but to people in general, to see them in villages in Kenya or wherever they are. Betty is a worldwide phenomenon. She's so wonderful, and she's actually everything that you want Gloria Steinem to be. She really actually is. Yeah, and more. And more, really and more, and she's been a, a very, memory. So yeah, she's she, been a great friend for thirty years now, at least. And she, it's been one of the 
most validating things, at, at least for me. Most valuable friendship in my life beside the two of you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It makes me so happy because I'm yeah. such a humongous fan of hers. Disciple. I'm a disciple of hers, <laughs> That's for true. sure. That was early on when we lived in New York, right? That was like about the first year, so it was about 1990. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Right, yeah. But a little bit before that, we went up to Toronto to do a big show because Jane Sibri asked us to come. And we were going to open for her, and we went to Toronto and opened at this little place called The Cameron. And, and it was some kind of a festival because there were a lot of different people performing. Quiet Please, a ladies on stage. That's what it is. David, David Ra- Cameron. No, David, David Ramsden. Yeah. We drove up in our van. The Debbie van. Little Debbie. We didn't name it Little Debbie until we were in Chicago. We named it Little Debbie because the inside of the van smelled like Little Debbie on one of the Little Debbie cakes. Lil Debbie. Lil Debbie. Lil Debbie. L-I-L apostrophe. Have you tried cakes and pies? Little Debbie. Mighty sweet, wholesome treat. They're power packed with energy, delicious flavor too. Anyway, we drove up to Canada. Remember that? Toronto. We drove up 10 hours. So we're in Toronto. And it's the night before we're going to do our gig at the Cameron House. And this woman comes on stage for Quiet Please. There's a lady on stage. Mm -hmm. It's Miss Maggie Moore. Mm -hmm. So Miss Maggie Moore comes out on stage. She's a vision. Absolutely stunning. And you turn to Lorraine. She looks like Jessica Rabbit, basically. And you turn to your friend Lorraine. I turn to my friend. Lorraine Sagato, an incredible musician. Who is this? She said, oh, that's Maggie Moore. She's just lost 100 pounds. I said, wow she's really transformed herself (laughs) and then the the piano player starts to play and she starts to sing a little bit of what's that dusty springfield song tin can at my feet Mm, don't know but her voice was gorgeous right and then a woman comes in screaming from from the outside from the outside screaming she's obviously homeless and obviously older lady Uh crazy she she was like the the pigeon lady in in um tuppence a bag that's what i see in my head when i think about her (laughs) well Anyway, so she comes in, <laughs> she runs in, she goes, Lily's here, Lily's here, completely disrupts the song. In the middle of the song. In, the in middle Canada. Of the song. So Amy but, Elizabeth and I clutched each other, we were like, yeah, oh, what was going to happen? Because, because it, you can only imagine what would happen in New York if that were to happen. Absolutely. They would have thrown her out. Police. But instead. So instead, Maggie Moore, who the hell knows who this woman who's just lost 100 pounds, says, no, oh, Lily, everything's okay. Come on, come on, come on stage and, and why don't you sing? sing you. I'm going to sing for you. So she completely calms this woman down without really, without it being a gross, like, look at me, what I'm doing. It was a very natural, so compassionate. so human. It was human kindness is Mm -hmm. what she was singing. This woman was so genuinely compassionate. Mm -hmm. And then Lily sat down at the side of the stage and Maggie sang this song and she was incredible. Yep, it was a beautiful night. night. Yeah, it was a beautiful night. And then we sang the next night and she came. She didn't know who we were. And then we went to, like you said, we went to Lorraine's house afterward. I think it might have been Karen's house. I remember she had a bowl of um, clementines out. And I was like, what? I'd never seen something so sophisticated. A bowl of clementines. You could come and eat one whenever you want. And she had kids. And we couldn't believe that there was someone who was like in the music business who had kids. She did, but her kids were gone. Remember they were gone that night? Still, the fact that she had them. We had made friends with Karen at uh, the Michigan Women's Music Festival. So So we, we go to this party and then we're in the kitchen. And I'm like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. And she's a les. We congratulate congratulate her on her total body transformation and thought that I said that the work that she must have done to lose 100 pounds was incredible and she looked at me <laughs> and thought I was nuts 
and then said, what are you talking about? So Maggie started laughing hysterically. Not only was that rumor not true, but it was completely wrong. But Miss Maggie Moore has the most delicious sense of humor. She'll laugh about anything. You know, I talk about joy friends, about no matter how bad things get, there's always some place you can find a, a, a joy. She's a joy friend. We played charades. Maggie got up and said, song, five words. I said, you light up my life. And that was it. And ever since then, we've been great friends we became you were girlfriends. girlfriends yeah we we sort like of pretty instantly because the next day we were like where's elizabeth where's maggie <laughs> yeah not be- very long after that maggie moved down to new she york. won the she won the lottery and moved down to new york That's right. and we were together for seven years mm, and and then of course days. we didn't talk to each other for three years when we broke up because it was a horrible hideous breakup of course like all of them are but what's a lonely girl to I'm Maggie Moore. Well, I saw Betty for the first time at the Cameron House in Toronto. I went to a show of theirs the following night after I did a show at the same place, and apparently they saw me. I didn't know they were in the audience, but I heard that this band Betty was playing at the Cameron House, and it was sort of the hot spot in Toronto where, you know, all the downtown musicians would go. And So we walked in like halfway through the set and kind of hung out in the back as a small room, remember? and. I mean, they were so funny and so beautiful and so original. And I just thought, you know, I I was excited. And I remember very specifically, um, shave my legs for nothing. Clean the tub and the sink. Well, I guess I shave my legs for nothing. And we ended up going back to Lorraine's house and playing charades. Elizabeth and I were flirting and Allison was talking to me and like this awesome energy in the room and you know when you're playing charades um, what I got when I picked it out of the hat was um, a song You Light Out My Life. So I stand up in front of everybody and I put my hand up five words and I pointed to Elizabeth as in you and she went you light up my life. Perfect right? We were together for almost seven years after that moment. Uh, honestly or the best chums you could imagine today and and I love those guys they became my family my life has changed because of them we had some really I was Maggie's roommate for a while too mm-hmm. which was hilarious on Prince Street in Soho that was crazy because she actually had we have a wonderful friend who had a pied a tear there and Maggie lived there too but I didn't really live there but I pretended that I was just visiting every time that I come and then would roll up my bed <laughs> That was in the closet. Your bedroll. I know. Like a and, cowboy. And I then, think Jane must have known that you were actually you know, if living there. She did there. or she didn't. <laughs> Does it matter? Back in those days, you just, you know. It didn't matter. You laid your hat where you laid your hat. Oh my gosh. The ni- early 90s in New York, New York City. Yeah. Good times. There was so much music happening. So many girls were playing music and, and out there all the time. Yeah. There were so many wonderful places. Under Click Acme. Club. Well, Click Club, that was just a, a Leslie bar. We Actually, didn't we, play there, right? Before then, wasn't wasn't it Wanda's parties that were all the rage starting before everybody had no, cell No, that was phones a little bit later. That was 1992. That's when she started. And that's when Maggie was doing her parties, too. Yeah. yeah. They were Maggie's parties. Oh, my God. Those were so great at... Industria. Industria. She started the, doing them um, on Pride. They were Pride parties. And Wanda, uh, who actually really brought les- lipstick lesbian to the masses... Wanda Costa. Wanda Costa, who was doing a party on Sunday nights at a place called Cafe Tabac. Mm-hmm. It, it became... It, it became the talk... 
literally of the world. I mean, it was everybody went there. Everybody, yeah. and, and that's where the term lipstick lesbian. Everybody who was anybody. It and was all the writers used to come and like write about what what was going on with you these lesbians. You would plan your outfit for weeks, you mm-hmm. know, and you would. It was, People sat and smoked pot. There were like lesy fights, and I mean, everybody came. Drama. Super glam. Super, Super glam. glam. Everybody was beautiful. It was very mixed. Mm-hmm. It was really great, but it was na- it was naturally mixed. You know, it was like all the just all the lesbians came, and it was so Mick Jagger came, Katie yeah. Lane came. Now, remember, Madonna. it was ninety two, so it was also the same year of that great march that we sang at the Pro Choice March down in D.C. So I think that there were a lot of women that were really rising up and feeling strong and feeling powerful, and that we need to change the world, and we are changing it right now. I think that's mm-hmm. what was going on. That's part of the reason why tobacco tobacco was so exciting, and mm-hmm. and the, it was the year of the woman. It, it wasn't was, just it was, lesbian chic. It was lesbian power yeah you know it was um it was visibility it was huge visibility and it was also that really big march on washington that we also played at that was for gay rights i think it was the biggest gay gay rights march ever and we played right after rupaul that was pretty that was a pretty amazing experience it was hi we're betty a famous trumpet man from out Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was the top man. But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army now. He's blowing. trumpet in your pocket or are you just happy to see me ten of company there were some fantastic marches on washington mm-hmm. some fantastic Connections were being made, but mainly it was the people rising up together. Because when the people rise up together, that's when change happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to that happening again. I think I think, it, I think a lot of it happened because of ACT UP, because of um, AIDS politics. The, the communities came together. You know, magic happens when people get together. Mm-hmm. It was cool that, that every year there was a huge march. Every year, all these people coming together. Obviously, everybody's saying this, but if the men don't start really supporting women's reproductive rights and women's rights in general, I'm, they're complicit in what's happening. Honestly, it, it, a lot of men are coming out, but not nearly enough. Mm-hmm. And not nearly le- uh, enough in a political way supporting us because what's happening with abortion rights in America is Despicable. really unfathomable this government it, it's cruel As i think the combination government. of capitalism and patriarchy is a deadly combination i agree and 100 we've, we've watched again and again and again cultures fail and cultures fall every mm-hmm. single time so now it's time to be more matrilineal it's time to bring in the compassion that makes sure that people who aren't on, put on the streets that there are programs in place we're mm-hmm. looking for that now desperately we need matrilineal culture but if I it's think- too late 
just eat the donut that you were thinking about. <laughs> really? I don't <laughs> think it's too late. Oh, I saw I, a donut I, downstairs with strawberry ice cream. Desert Island. You're only allowed to have one treat. Cheese. One. Cheese. Cheese is Absolutely. Yours? I still don't eat cheese. I might have to say millefeuille. Oh, it's it's could, many things could, could, all in one. Could that be any more pretentious? No, Napoleon. As for the rest of us, that, that makes sense. <laughs> for me, peanut butter. You really? cannot live without peanut butter. But what if you, you don't cannot. have water on the island? It's an island. Hello. Would you be able to live like just by yourself? I grew up as an individual, as truly a solitary child. Therefore, I'm always happy by myself. And I feel sorry for people who are completely so caught up in their phones that they can't just be by themselves. I feel I feel exactly the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although I, I must say that I like a rose, I bloom around other people. You're an intro extra. There's nothing wrong with anything. That's wonderful. But you I, have I to be able to be on your own. I disagree that you enjoy being by yourself. Oh, I do. Amy loves Love being, by being by herself. She's I like, rave it. Do that little whistle you do when you're happy. <laughs> yep. That's happy Amy by herself. But yeah, then she likes being around it. people too. But if you hear it, she's not by herself. You are very much of a solitary person too, Elizabeth. Not by choice. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Think about when you were a kid. Think about you with your little red shoes. No, I, shoes I definitely out. enjoy being by myself. But I'll tell you when I like being by myself the best is when I'm in nature. To keep it together. Didn't you lead a riot in second grade? I did lead a riot in second grade because in second grade you couldn't... Take your shirt off. You couldn't take your shirt off. The boys could, but the girls couldn't. Yeah, the boys couldn't and the girls couldn't. So I got all of the little girls in my PE class to take our shirts off. And then we went running through the school screaming, we're free, we're free. And then I got busted and taken into the principal's office. And my mom... Kitty jail. Kitty jail. But my mom said that she didn't understand why we couldn't take off our shirts too. And my mom taught at the school. So I didn't get expelled or Mm. suspended. But I saw from my fifth grade classroom window, you with your shirt off, with your friends running around in the schoolyard screaming. And I thought, oh, shit, here it goes. <laughs> that, I, think, I think that was my first unofficial gay pride. You know, because now you see uh, all the women in the street who have their shirts off, and it's it's the only time it's I legal think, in New York now. It is, but it's the only time you really feel safe doing it. I think. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to just walk down the street without a shirt on because it's you know. You have to be in a group. You, you see it a lot at uh, at Gay Pride. You didn't used to I'm, in San Francisco when we played there for Gay Pride a couple of years ago. There were a lot of full on naked dudes. Yeah, Germany too in Hamburg last year. But that was on. Yeah, full on naked. Full on naked. Full on, full on naked. Walking with down. one daisy. No, no, uh, no, just full on. Naked. I got with like one daisy. Yeah, because you know, naked is not really all that stylish. But if you put one daisy in the right place, then you're talking about a look. That's but fierce. you know you can be naked different places. You know there are there are naked places. The thing sure, about pride, in the urban centers generally, the there's thing, not that much nudity. Bring your towel. It's fine. The thing about pride that I really do enjoy is it's such a freak show, but it's not that much of a freak show anymore. Oh yes, it is. Is it? It's more about banks and people sponsor it. I mean, thank goodness that it's becoming become something that people want to get behind you know well because we're not just talking about inclusion we're talking about acceptance of course this year we have a whole month of events like literally every single day is because another of event. world pride because of world pride and, and it's the anniversary of stonewall and all that but still i think that 
over the three days, say, that are actually that last weekend in, in New York, there are so many different things. You can go to the Pride Rally and get your, your politics on. You can go to Pride Island and do your dancing. There's all You can go to the parade and do your celebration. Museums. There's different ways. You can go to museums. You can go to the Museum of uh, the New York Historical Society and right. see the whole history of it. There's different ways that every single person can express their need for Pride. I, I think, think that's the only cool way that, an, uh, that you can further the rights of any kind of group is with corporate sponsorship. If the corpor- I completely Listen, disagree. If it's the with corpor- laws. If the corporations got behind women for um, reproductive rights, forget it. It would dumb. not be an issue it with these dumb. idiotic states. Interesting. It's true. If the tampons, if tampon people or, or something, monostat, whatever. <laughs> they not, not well, I think just the, like regular, all of the different corporate sponsors that Target? are there for World Pride, yep. if they said, we stand with women and women's right to choose, it would not be an issue true because that. there is no separation between corporation and politics. I think you're right. I actually, I actually think you're completely right. Mm. I agree 100%. And yes, it does have to be laws, of course. Yeah, but we have. Well, that's law. how laws get that's made now. The sad part is that we do have the law. Roe v. Wade is the law of the land, and we need better PR because, unfortunately, too many people are thinking that it's not. In our system, in our court, in our government system, you can have a law, a federal law, but the states can chip away at it, and that's what's happening now. Because you can, you as much as you m- want to know about how our system works. There are loopholes, and unfortunately, the states are finding a way. Mm-hmm. If corporations stood behind women, and women made it known to the corporations that with our buying power and with the way that we consumerize, we will not stand for this kind of besiege mm-hmm. on our bodies and our rights, we would turn this around. It's well, true. I think that's, look at the boycott, look at the, um, at, at the, the bus boycott. You know, for the civil right. rights, but it's happened in rights. all sorts of different things. Well, it's it is about money. Mm-hmm. That 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 is America. I think what's lost on a lot of people is the history of Pride. You know, going back to to that as Pride Month, we've played in many places where at at the very beginning, you know, thirty years ago, when we were playing at DC Pride when you had to hide. Oh yeah. And when it was scary, and when nobody could take pictures because yes. you would be afraid that you would be seen. Nobody would cover it. Not only was nobody. You became a sponsoring it, right? But if somebody took your picture and somebody in your job found out, you'd be fired. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is, is there's so many countries like that that we have performed in. Mm -hmm. We did Baltic Pride a couple years ago, and it was really scary. There's places in America where the people that are coming out for Pride are heroes, Mm -hmm. and we're we're happy and proud to be playing at those places. And I think a lot of younger people really know about the history. Some don't, but I think a lot of people are interested in knowing who are the predecessors, who fought for the rights of people that can walk down the streets. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so interesting to look at the history and to read about it and to really pay homage to the people that came before you, whether it's gay or whether it's black or Jewish or um, women, you know, women, whatever people have fought to the bone for your rights before to the death. Clap your hands, way up high, 
Shout it out. Happy Pride. Clap your hands way up high. Shout it out. Happy Pride. Who's proud today? I'm proud today. You're proud today. Let's love all the way. Love all the way. Welcome to the world, Sailor Gloria Ambrosetti Ziff. Girl Band Podcast was recorded, engineered, and produced by Elizabeth in her studio in New York City's East Village. This is what Betty remembers, so accuracy is suspect. Music clips and other credits. Linda Blair by Betty, early unreleased version. Supermodel by RuPaul. Hi Tony by Ruby. Remixed by Elizabeth, Little Debbie Jingle, 1959. Candy from a Baby by Ms. Maggie Moore. First Date by Betty from Hello Betty, album 1991. Boogie Woogie Booga Boy, sung by Betty at the 1993 Gay Rights March on Washington, D.C. Another one by Betty from Bright and Dark album. Happy Pride by Betty new release. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast and tell your friends. Betty performs this Sunday at the Apartment Lounge Pride Block Party in Grand Rapids and lots of other prides. For info, go to hellobetty.com. And I'm Nikki Weavers and I support England and the USA in the Women's World Cup.